Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Jara Fosterfell. Jara is a social media coach and content creator. And in the last five years, she went from drowning in a soul-sucking job with no defined purpose while suffering from social anxiety to owning a multiple six-figure business and dominating the lifestyle sector of social media. She has built her community to more than 175,000 on Instagram and over 600,000 on TikTok since February and has crowned herself the queen of pivoting from graphic design to soul cycle instructor to content creator to Instagram strategist. Jara coaches on the ins and outs of creating your own personal brand online and the secrets to building a loyal and engaged community and all the steps that take that you need to take to use social media as a positive tool for your business. We had an incredible conversation and she leaves so many tips with you on how to get started in social media, maybe what some of the blocks are, tips on how to stand out or to show up as yourself and really how to create engagement with your followers and know you are not too late to the game. There, that excuse does not work anymore because really it's learning how to show up as yourself, your story, who you are online, and we all have value. So I absolutely love this episode. Jara leaves you with so much information and a lot of fun and laughs during it. So I know you will enjoy this. Welcome to the show today, Jara. Thanks, Marsha. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Oh, I'm, I'm very grateful that you're here, and I cannot wait to jump into your story and share more of you with all the listeners. So I want to get started with some questions first. Where are you from? I'm originally from New York, New York, born and raised in Manhattan. Okay, originally. I know I want to come back to that. Remind me to come back to that because I'm yes, I will. Post. Yes. <laughs> Do you have a favorite book that you read, something that was impactful for you? Yeah. Ooh. Well, okay. If we're going to go kind of more like the self-help route, because that's always a good genre, um, I definitely love You Are a Badass. That one makes me feel good. Yes. And <laughs> and if we're going to go more in like the fiction route, I really love The Goldfinch. I read that a couple years ago along with A Little Life. That also was very impactful. So two different genres for you there. That's perfect for the genres. A little life. I think someone else just mentioned that recently. Oh my goodness. You said it was really good. Is it a big book? 
It is a very big book. And anyone who's listening who has not read this, just like get the book, get two boxes of tissues and just prepare oh, yourself. Yeah. It's one of those kind of life altering. I feel, I feel like I'm almost going to cry talking about it. It's so incredible and it's yeah. so tragic and all the things. So it's, it was really amazing. Perfect. Cause that's the second time that's come across my list from people in the last two weeks. So that's a sign. Um, do you have a mentor who has impacted your life? Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, a wonderful, incredible woman named Jess Glazer. I think you know who she is. I do. She has, she has been my business coach for the last year and has been instrumental in really me changing my life and making a huge change in my business that has been incredibly significant and impactful. Awesome. I cannot wait to dive into that as we talk more about your business. Yes. Her name has come up a few times on the show. Yeah. <laughs> a few times. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra or something that grounds you? I do. It's one that I've held on to the last couple of years. It originally came up during my soul cycle training. I was a soul cycle instructor for a couple of years. And that quote is feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. That's a great one. That is a great one. And that ties in so well to your story. Um, what, what lights you up? Like what, what is something that lights you up and drives you? Oh, well, first thing that comes to mind, it's not the most deep answer, but my dog Thatcher, also known as spicy grandpa. He's, uh, an old 16 year old dog. I've Aww. had him for nine years now. I adopted him and he's, he's the light of my life. Aww. So that's, that's my quick answer for you in terms of a more kind of impactful, deeper answer. I think that I love and get so much, I get lit up from having a positive impact on other people. And that's really been a huge driver in my social media career as a content creator, whether it's just sharing something silly and goofy, because I'm a pretty goofy kind of funny weirdo type of a gal and, and being able to make someone smile that that to me is a really big accomplishment or if it's something greater and, and truly having a deeper impact on someone's life as in helping them make their first therapy appointment because I was open about my anxiety or, or something along the lines mm. of that. And I think as now a, a social media coach, if we had more in that direction, having the ability to have a great effect on people's businesses and, and help them really own their story, their worth, and then of course be able to have an online presence to to further their business. Okay. Wow. So there's just so much there's there. There's a lot. There's <laughs> a lot, Marsha. <laughs> it's great. There is a lot. So if we start, and I'm not I'm gonna take it in a sense because you are a social media content creator. So Correct. right. How does a person get to that stage, especially when we look back at your story, even like five years ago? So you weren't happy with where things were. Tell us a little bit from that point. And you made the change to where you are now. It's just, it's really powerful. Yeah. And it's been a really twisty, windy, pivoty type of a road as it kind of is for a lot of people these days. And so to, to set the scene of where I came from, if we rewind yeah. to around 2015, I uh, had, I graduated from college 2011. I'd been working as a graphic designer for a couple of years. That's what I went to school for. Mm -hmm. And I'd worked at some startups. I was doing some freelancing and I, I look back at that time and I was like, Oh my God, just so naive and and I don't want anything to change. I would not have changed my path to get to no. where I am right now, but it's incredible to see sort of the mistreatment at my job that I allowed to happen. I was just making, I was probably 
probably making like barely 25K, working seven days a week, crazy, crazy hours. I was working at a startup, so I was doing more than just graphic design and, and just living, breathing, bleeding for this company that was really not treating me right. And it led to the point where I had a bald patch on my head. I, I parted my hair in the mirror one day and was like, oh, wow, I haven't seen that bald patch before. That's probably not normal. Yeah. And there was one, yeah, I don't, don't think that's a normal uh, thing to happen. And there was one point where I honestly really should have been hospitalized for exhaustion. I was oh. just on that brink of, of really getting there. And so I, I was dealing with that. I realized I was struggling from social anxiety. Fortunately, I did start seeing a therapist to help me with that at that time. And, and because of all of these things, I really had no friends. I was just, it was a dark time. It was not great. And so rewind back to 2015, April 4th, to be exact. That's the day that this all began, this new life. I had been following a woman named Kayla Itzinas. She's super, super popular now, but it was crazy popular back then. She's just exploded. And she's a personal trainer. She has a workout guide. I've seen so, her. Yeah. Yes. BBG. A lot yep. of people probably have heard yep. of that. It, it yep. was called Bikini Body Guide. Now she has the sweat app, a little bit of a better name there. And there was this huge um, kind of explosion of women doing this 12-week workout program. And it got really popular because of Instagram. And I had followed it just in the periphery for about a, a year until one day I woke up and said, hey, I need to do something positive for myself. I'm going to make a change. I'm going to start going to the gym and following this workout program and making an Instagram account to hold myself accountable. And that's why I know the first day of sort of when the rest of my life began, because that's when I started working out. And that's when I originally made Workout Bean. That was my original handle. And I just found this community of women, which I really needed at the time. I was working out, which of course we know that feels good, endorphins, all those things. And I was just having fun on Instagram. I, I'm a creative person. And so to be able to express myself that way back then was a really uh, positive and much needed outlet at the time. So that sort of sets the scene for how Sarah oh, in current day uh, got to where I am. That's, and, and so really when you started your Instagram account, it was to keep yourself accountable. You were not like, I'm building a business. You were Correct. like, I'm, yeah. Correct. And, it, and at the time, I mean, no one said the word influencer. No one said content creator. No one knew what hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored or any of these things that are sort of common vernacular these days. So I didn't even know that it could be a job. I don't think anyone was, barely anyone was making money by working with brands via no. social media. No, very. And which is crazy when you think about it, like we're talking five years, like it's not yeah. long for what the change is now social media wise. So you go from feeling like, like, I think, do you think that some of that social anxiety came from doing a job that was so like, just so not loving, not enjoying, not bringing the best part of yourself out? Is that where a lot of that anxiety came from? Or because you, you see how you've got from, you come from a space of suffering from social anxiety to all of a sudden, like now we're on Instagram and it's, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. I just think it shows how much change and what is possible. That's why I want to, to touch on it. And I appreciate that you're, you're speaking so openly about it. Yeah, that's a great question to kind of figure out where that came from. And I've tried to kind of pinpoint, like, where does this begin? And I can kind of feel a couple moments that happened in high school and then mm -hmm. it sort of just creeps up on you. So I don't necessarily yeah. think it was from the environment, but I think 
it was emphasized even more so. And maybe in a way that's actually a positive thing to, to have that emphasized and then realize, oh shit, exactly. I can kind of take care of this. You, right? Yeah. Yeah. So to look at the positives of it yeah. um, in that way, that's kind of a nice way to think about it. But I think that, yes, perhaps being in this environment of other negativity going on, it really brought that out. And I think that even though I was working through my social anxiety, in a way, Instagram in this weird way is sort of a social anxiety or, or even introvert, even though they're two very different things. Um, that type of person's dream because it can allow you to connect with people without the pressure of the actual socialness in real life. Mm -hmm. And so perhaps that was even doubly why at the time it was so important for me because I wanted the connection, but still was struggling with the, the real life social anxiety aspect of myself. I, I think there's a real, I thank you so much for sharing that. And there's still, I don't want to jump ahead, but I do want to, cause I want to ask something and then we're going to go back yeah. is the fact that you, um, I think be, is, do you think it's fair to say that because you started with like, I'm going to be accountable, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm, Hey, Instagram, this looks cool. What is this? That you started from that standpoint and not going out to start a business so that you almost, it was easier to allow yourself to show up as yourself on Instagram without this agenda of how do I build a business? Yeah. Oh goodness. I, and, and I don't want to like bash the current day of Instagram no. because it's very much part of my life, but I do look back to that time, sort of 2015, early 2016, kind of pre algorithm days before mm. anyone ever said the word algorithm. And yeah. it was this really beautiful time of, of what exactly you just said. No one really had an agenda on Instagram. No one's really trying to build a business or, Oh, I got to get more followers or I need on right. focusing on the likes or, or I got to delete this photo because it didn't get enough likes. It was just a much more, once again, naive place. It was, I think there was more of a goal of connection back then. And there's unfortunately a little bit less of an emphasis for most people on connection these days. And also it was just easier to grow. Like I would, mm. and I don't, that's not the point, but no. it was insane that I could grow hundreds of followers a day, thousands. The first three months that I was on Instagram, I grew to 15,000. Now, if I was to grow 15,000 in three months in 2020, I'd be like, what is like, is the apocalypse? Is, is there a glitch <laughs> in the happened? system? Like, it's, it's, it's possible. I see it happen for like 0.001% of people. It does occasionally still happen, but just it's such a rarity. So it, it is a really different landscape these mm -hmm. days than in 2015. And, and for that reason, there are some moments that, that I miss it, but everything grows and evolves and changes and we just kind of have to shift with the algorithm and, and the times and keep moving we're going to come back yeah. to that crazy algorithm so in 2016 <laughs> you want to be a soul cycle instructor but it's oh, not yes. a straightforward easy hey sign me up and let's be an instructor you went through quite the experience to oh my up. goodness went through hell and high water yeah so my my instagram began and i jumped into this fitness world with kayla it's seen as bbg and and because of that, I was not just doing BBG, I was doing other things as well. I got into yoga. I had done soul cycle and spinning before. And I, my first spin class was in college and I'll never forget leaving that class. I was just like, this is the best thing I've ever done in my life. And, and when I look back on that room, it was like all the lights were on, the music yeah. was probably bad. And, and I just fell in love with it. So I love spinning from the start. And so when I went back to soul cycle, during this really heightened fitness phase of mine, I just was enamored, doesn't even begin to describe it. It was just the be all end all. Walking into that room was was exercise, it was therapy, it was everything. And so I got this thought in my head, like, 
holy guacamole, what if I could become a soul cycle instructor? And it was such a pipe dream at the time. I was so far from a soul cycle instructor. I, I, wasn't that great of a rider. Mm-hmm. Um, it's expensive. So you kind of just got to go when you're able to afford it. And I did not have any fitness instruction background at all. And I was terrified of public speaking. Like this is I coming can't... from social, like I, everything has I love it. I love this part of the story, <laughs> but you like all of that from social anxiety, fear of public speaking to wanting to be a soul, like an instructor. And then a yeah. on top of that. Yeah, I had all all the odds against me for the most part, but I just kind of I was like, all right, let's figure out how to do this. And I started speaking with other soul cycle instructors. I just the the process to becoming one is a little bit mystified. They don't really explain it on no. the website, or at least back in the day they didn't. And so I was getting this insider information and the process begins with sending an email. They have to invite you then to uh, to audition. You audition in, in New York City, or I think maybe it's a little bit different now, but at the, mm-hmm. the time you did. And the first audition, it was just the crazy experience. You go in a room. It's a full room of other people auditioning, and you have to ride to their audition. So everyone has about... Oh. Um, about two minutes up on the podium to walk up, introduce yourself. You get, then get set up on the bike as quickly as possible. You get 30 seconds of your song number one and 30 seconds of your song number two. And then you're off and you're back on the regular bikes riding to everyone else's audition. You're in there for a couple of hours and I'll never forget getting that mic strapped up and hear to hear your voice on a microphone when you've never heard it before is like hearing your voice on a voice machine for the voicemail for the first time. You're like, Whoa, is that what they sound like? (laughs) It's it's a little bit of an out-of-body experience. And I completely blacked out and cried when I left the audition. I thought I did awfully. And sure enough, I I did not pass, did not make that audition. But fast forward a couple months, I auditioned again. And this time I was accepted into the 10-week training program. So people think, oh, audition, you become a soul cycle instructor. No, there's a 10-week audition period, which was one of the craziest experiences of my life. It's five days a week. five days a week for 10 weeks. Um, you have all that you go in for workshops and classes and different drills and all these things in addition to riding at least two times a day. So I was riding anywhere between two to three to four times a day, um, for, for 10 weeks. And then I get to that end after giving everything, like it was just such a crazy experience and I didn't make it. So I went through the 10 weeks. And I failed. What did they do at the end? Like, thanks for coming out for 10 weeks. And no, Uh, yeah, it was kind of like, you're not ready. Like it, we feel that if you were to be in front of a room in, in New York city, which is one of the most challenging places to be a fitness instructor, uh, that you, we don't feel you could confidently lead a room and they're really loving people. So it wasn't, it wasn't like they're trying to be assholes, but they're like, you're you're not ready. And so three out of the 28 people did not make it myself included. Uh Now out of those three people, two of them were offered a chance to redo the training program, me being one of them. And one of them was just a flat out, no, like this is not for you. And so I had this like month of grappling. I'm like, do I do it? Like, do I swallow my ego and go back? And by the way, I had like 70,000 followers on Instagram at the time who I had to like 
get on there and say, yeah. hey guys, you've been with me through this whole journey and guess what? I didn't make it. And so it's, it was really a great lesson in, in ego and just kind of, um, I, there was something I kept telling myself at the time, which was uh, something along the lines of, if there's something that you truly, truly want and you're told mm. no and you don't keep trying, then I don't actually think you really wanted it in the first place if you're just going to let that one no uh, sort of take you away from that journey. And so on that note, I re-entered another 10-week training program, which was a freaking blast the second time around. I loved it because I knew everything already. It was just yeah. a matter of, of polishing myself off. And it allowed me to step into being a leader for the, all these other new instructors who had no idea what was going on. And it was, it was just a I'm so glad that I had to redo it again. And fortunately, then after those 10 weeks, 20 weeks total, (laughs) I graduated and I began teaching in December 2016. And that's how it all all began. You know what? A lot of people wouldn't... Have you always been somebody who was fairly persistent or persevered? Because I could see some people going, okay, this is too much. I just... And no judgment to anybody, but like you obviously are a very strong-minded person. Yeah, because we're talking almost six months of the year it yes. took you to do like that's <laughs> put it in, in perspective for people who are getting trained for a full-time job don't have that much training yeah yeah and and if I think about it actually the moment I decided I wanted to become a soul cycle instructor was probably November 2015 mm-hmm. auditions began early 2016 and then I didn't teach my first class until December 16 so it was kind of more if you really take the bigger picture closer to kind of a year which is crazy it's crazy but um, yeah I do think I'm a persistent person if there's something that I truly want. Mm-hmm. That sounds like it. It definitely sounds like it. So then you've been doing, then you were teaching Soul Cycle for about a year and a half. And then you decided to go into more of content creation. Was your yeah. Instagram growing or what happened at that point that you're like, I think I'm going to make a change or shift again? This was a really hard decision for me to make. And it's something that I, I, anytime I talk about it, I think back to that moment, I'm just like, Oh, uh, I know it was the right decision, but when something is your dream for that year period leading up to it, and then a year and a half of teaching, and it's something that you live, eat, breathe, sleep, and then you realize that it's no longer your, your dream. It's not really quite right for you anymore. And the reason I came to that decision was that one, I think when you put something up on a pedestal for so long and then it becomes a reality and you're not really realistic about what it is mm-hmm. when you're becoming it, it's easy to have these grand expectations and then to be let down. So I think if I had been a little bit more realistic about what being a soul cycle instructor truly was, it might, I'm, maybe things would come out differently. I don't know, but there was just, it, it's really hard. It's really hard oh, when you're I- teaching yeah, like one to three classes a day, seven days a week, and not really having time for a social life. And and on top of that, I have a lot of content creator influencer friends. And so to see how they were progressing in their expertise, in their field, um, I felt like I was getting a little bit left behind in that space. Like they were going on these awesome trips and getting these brand deals and creating their podcasts and, and doing yeah. all these things. And I was like, oh, I kind of feel if I had been truly 
truly 100% happy at SoulCycle, that wouldn't have mattered. Right. But there was a there was a piece of longing in me thinking, oh, you know what? I feel like I have kind of hit the ceiling in terms of my growth and progression as Jera mm-hmm. in terms of my SoulCycle career, which was incredibly important for me to do. But now I see if I was to go off and do my own thing as a content creator, I see there's a lot more growth to be had there. So I kind of mm-hmm. had to make that trade-off and make that really hard decision to leave SoulCycle and pursue content creation full time. And to answer your question, my, my Instagram was very much happening throughout my soul cycle experience. I think I had a little bit of an identity crisis because I was full-time BBG fitness gal, Mm -hmm. then heading into soul cycle, which was even though within the fitness space was a bit of a pivot in my content. And I have to tell you, people love the soul cycle journey of mine, but they don't necessarily love the day to day of it. Like, Oh my God, my class was great. Or (laughs) that class was so fun. Like it's not really so much you can add because it's the class. Yes. And it's like telling someone about your dream. Like it's interesting to you, but it's not really interesting to them. So I had to pivot more into the lifestyle space. Um, And then once I left SoulCycle, I really kind of left the fitness thing behind altogether. And that was a new pivot into just Jera lifestyle in in general. So that kind of was that shift from the SoulCycle into the more full-time content creation Jera. Period. So, uh, so I love that you've shared all of that, and you and what really what you're saying is that it's been the same account all the way through. It's not correct. And how many times do you get this question? Should, should I have a business account? Should I have a personal account? Should I have that? Like, and I'm yes. just gonna give this. You were exactly the same account the whole time through. I was exactly the same. I was originally workout bean. When I shifted more into less of, of the fitness space, I became Jara Bean. By the way, I always suggest having your name and your handle. That's just a great way to go mm-hmm. about things. Um, but yeah, I was always the same account. That's right. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I mean, obviously you are a, like social media is your jam. I just think it's great. It it just was a real, it was a funny point when I was listening to it going, but it was the same account. Everybody is freaking out about having multiple different accounts and doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, And and here's the thing. Some, in some cases it makes sense to have multiple, but for the most part, because we need to inject our personal lives into our social media these days, it does not make sense to have two. And if you have two, I guarantee you one is going to get your attention and one isn't like I am a full-time content creator, social media coach. I have two accounts, one for my social media course. And let me tell you, it's hard to maintain that account because all my attention is on my Jarabean account. So even someone doing this full-time, it's very challenging. That's a great example. Thank you for sharing that because I think that is something that people don't see. So you jump into 2019, you hire a business coach and you build, blow up your business. What's the best way to say it? Yeah. So once again, I I was in this lifestyle content creation, full-time Instagram influencer, making money through branded deals, sponsorships, Mm -hmm. partnerships, et cetera. And I went through about a year or so of that and kept, I had this, this voice, this kind of itch in the back of my head saying, okay, you are successful doing this. So very much grateful for that. But what else, what else am I doing here? How can I add another stream of revenue? How can I be strategic about my future? Am I going to be an Instagram influencer forever? Probably not. So what can I start to put in place to, to be smart about this? And I, I was paralyzed by the 
amount of options in front of me, which is a good problem to have, but it's like, do I create events? Do I create a course? Do I uh, create eBooks? Like, what do I do? And, and I just couldn't figure it out. And so I had been following this wonderful woman. I knew her just through different New York events, Jess. And it's funny how the universe kind of just brings you people or things when you need them. And so I kept seeing her posts, like talking about business and she's a coach and her pro. And I'm like, what is this? Like, I just have to talk to her. And so we met up in Union Square in New York City and I, we just got a coffee. And as soon as I started talking to her, I just, this, like my shoulders just released. I was like, oh my goodness, you are amazing. Just talking to you in this 15 minute period, I just feel so much more at ease and and excited and inspired and, and comforted in a way. And she just really felt like the right person for me. So she helped me develop the social media saloon, which is my three month group coaching course. And the first round started in uh, January, uh, February, 2020. I'm just about to enter my third round. Wow. And I, I had like 22 students the first time, uh, 40 students the, the second time. And it's just incredible to me to think that a year ago, this idea didn't even exist yet. It wasn't even like floating around in my head. And so through the help of Jess, through her mentorship and coaching, uh, she really truly helped transform this, this oh. business aspect of my life. That is so awesome. And you to think that you start that work in 2019, now look at 2020 and just I just from listening to what you said about your business and your numbers and your program, can you like as the world kind of goes through this, oh my god, what is going to happen next? You were able to take your online business, your online presence because of the work that you did. It's not like it's magic. It's like this is years, back of years of work that you have done that leads you to a place where did was 2020 a surprise in how much your business has grown or how does it like, cause you, you really were positively impacted with your online business in 2020. Yeah. I mean, 2020 has just, uh, for all of us has been cuckoo bananas business and otherwise just to give some perspective, my husband and I got married in the middle of COVID. That's a list of questions. Uh, I won't, I won't spoil that yet. If you want to get to that. And and I moved to Austin. So I had all of that happening in addition to creating this new business. And so it's just, everything has been thrown at all of us, myself included. And I started off my first round of social media saloon before COVID was really yeah. growing and, and taking get, gaining momentum. And it was mid COVID or sorry, mid mid saloon when COVID really hit its kind of full potential. And it was really crazy to actually lead my students through a pandemic, which really affects the way that we show up on social media 100%. and, 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 to try and be this leader in the social media space for them, but also during something that I've never gone through that was really different. And, and that happened also with my second round with the black lives matter movement. And so all these different things are being thrown my way, but all of that aside, my business, yes, has grown exponentially awesome. in 2020. I think the, what it boils down to is that we all need social media mm-hmm. in general, in some shape or form. And with this new reality that we're 
living in, we're shifting to be online more than ever. And so we need to connect with our people. We need to find our ideal clients. There's still business and people are still spending money. It's just happening much more in a virtual way. And so I think people already knew the power of social media, but are realizing it more and more and realizing that they need to invest their time and energy into shaping their online presence to continue business as usual in a way. I think that that is a, thank you so much for sharing that. That's a great answer and a really great explanation because I know when COVID first hit, one of the things that I kept hearing, I was jumping onto like extra coaching calls, like all these experts were running amazingly generous extra calls just to learn. And, and if the one message that kept two messages is that your people will remember how you showed up during this time. They are going to remember, like if you retreat, it doesn't mean you can't have a day off, but if you retreat and you go away or you show up angry at the world and like people will remember how you showed up and what you gave and what you did. And secondly, there's going to be a lot of noise online. If you can't figure out how to show up as yourself, like that is where you have to start first. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a really powerful thought. I think sometimes we doubt our message doubt if anyone's listening like who's who's out there and and actually connecting to what we say and regardless of the audience that you have there are people out there who are listening who want to connect with you who need to hear your your positivity and and or your or your knowledge and to learn from you and so by showing up for example, in the middle of COVID and being not necessarily someone who has all the answers, but someone who's willing to just show up as themselves and work through and and be, um, be just really clear and transparent as, Hey, like, Hey, I don't have all the answers, but I'm, I'm here for you guys. I'm going to do some IG lives and and do my workouts or teach you some things or, or just be here for you. If you want to talk, it's a really powerful stance to take. And that's something that I had to work through and, and really learn during these last couple of months that I might not have all the answers. My words not might not be right all the mm-hmm. time, but I have a platform. I'm That's a responsibility that I've taken on for the last five years and something that I find incredibly important. Um, and so I'm going to use it to the best of my ability, even if I'm not always going to get the execution right, because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we're humans. Oh, 100%. That 100%. So what would be, say, let's say two to three top tips that you would give to somebody who is in the online space, coach, like, like mentor, something like that, that they are not sure how to show up, not sure what to do. What would be some of the really simple tips that you could give them? The first thing that comes to mind is a little bit more of a mindset thing. And what I found after having over 60 students and working with one-on-one clients this year is that regardless of the industry that you're in, how much of an expert you are, or how good you think you are at social media, we are all, every single one of us, dealing with mindset issues. So we can talk about things like hashtags and content pillars and how to take nice photos, but if you can't master or at least kind of come to terms with some of the mindset obstacles you're facing, that's not going to set you up for for success. So things like, um, you know, uh, my story isn't worthy or who's going to care or gosh, I'm not, I'm only going to put something out if it's perfect. We kind of have to tackle these Mm -hmm. types of thoughts that enter our mind first. And so what I like to think about is showing up imperfectly is really better than not showing up at all. And that comes through with, for instance, something that I like to teach now is everyone thinks that they have to have this perfect feed. If you can think about it like A plus, B plus, C minus, if you can just aim for a B feed 
Like it's so it's okay. It's not a complete garbage feed that looks like like craziness. Yeah. There's something of an aesthetic. Nature. You, you shoot in good lighting. You have some maybe nice quotes, that type of thing in a font that you like, but it doesn't have to be perfect. So showing up imperfectly, if you can kind of harness the power of that sentiment, I think that's a really powerful one. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of some more tangible advice, some really uh, basic but important concepts that uh, not everyone has is defining something that I call your content pillars or your content buckets and thinking about those as the main themes of your brand. So for an example, if we're talking about a personal trainer or fitness instructor, their content buckets might look something like exercise, nutrition, mindset, perhaps your service, your offerings, what it is that you sell as the fourth one. And then what I always suggest for everyone, regardless of the industry that you're in, is my story. Something, anything about you. Because once again, injecting you and your personal experiences and what you've been through is critical to your online presence. So content pillars as as a tangible piece of advice. Then if you can distill your your content pillars and develop what I call subcategories, those are your individual topic ideas. So if we take uh, nutrition into account and come up with subcategories, your subcategories might be something like healthy breakfast ideas, explaining what uh, proteins and carbs and fats are, uh, five ingredient dinners, uh, my go-to smoothie before the gym. Like there's a million ideas. So many. So many that you should be able to come up with your subcategories. So content pillars, subcategories. And then if you can take those and just do some light content planning, it's as simple as taking those pillars, plugging them into a calendar saying, hey, I want to post four times a week. Pillar, 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 subcategory, subcategory, subcategory. That's hard to say quick. Um, It's really quite simple when you boil it down. We kind of think of social media as rocket science, but at the end of the day, it's really just building onto these foundational pieces like content pillar, subcategories, et cetera, and just breaking it down into bite-sized pieces. Oh, that's so, there's so much good advice there. And I appreciate you for sharing that. What if a person says, am I just too late to the game? Like I'm too late to the game. Social media is, you know, you want me to start an Instagram account and I'm just too late to the game. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Instagram, the power of it now to me is really functioning as your online business card, your online portfolio, a way to connect with your ideal person, whether if you're a content creator, that's more of your ideal follower, whether you're selling something that's more of your ideal client. And it's such a positive tool for your business. So you have to think about what is the goal here a lot of people want followers, followers, followers. But what does that actually mean? What are followers going to get you? Because I know oh God, plenty. It's annoying. Sorry. <laughs> I, I just, I have so many clients who are like, but my followers dropped or this. Sorry if you're hearing this. I, my followers dropped and I went from this to that. And like, it doesn't mean anything because it it's doesn't. not. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything because really, if you peel it back, what is your goal? And for most of us at at some shape or form, we want to have a positive impact on other people. Mm -hmm. Once again, bringing what I talked about in the beginning, putting a smile on someone's face, making them feel less alone in what it is that they're going through, helping them with something big or small through your content. And if we're talking about it from a monetary standpoint, I mean, I have a friend who has 3,000 followers, which is no small number, but she's consistently having $100,000 launches back to back with her course program. Like, it, having a large following, I know plenty of people with large followings not making 
that much money. So at the end of the day, why do we want these followers? It's really an ego vanity metric type of thing. Um, and if you can kind of think, distill it down to what is the purpose of my online presence, then of course you're not too late to the game because it, no. it's functioning as your, your business card. It's a way to put yourself out into the world. And the next step is really to connect with your people. And the next step is to make money. So absolutely not too late to do any of those things. See, see to everybody listening. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Could you give, what would be a tip you would give to people for, they say, create engagement? So it's not just about posts, it's about yes. creating engagement. About creating engagement. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So here's a, there's so many things that I want to say. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to start. Let's talk about it first from your content ideas. So it's kind of those subcategory ideas. Now, if we rewind back to 2015-ish era, I think that a lot of people used Instagram. A lot of people got big on Instagram by creating content solely about themselves. What I like to call look at me content. And look at me content, it's not a negative thing. I create look at me content still. However, if we come forward to present day, People don't necessarily want to follow someone else to only hear about them. Oh, this is the workout I did. It was fun. Here's my workout outfit. Here's my breakfast. Here's my restaurant that I went to. Like we know, we want a little bit of that because we do want to follow people's personal journey, but there has to be some sort of benefit to following someone else or following mm -hmm. a brand, which is mm -hmm. why in current day and age, we have to put a little bit more of an emphasis on learn from me content. So look at me content versus learn from me content. Learn from me content isn't necessarily this is how to make a salmon filet. This is how to tie your shoes. I don't know. Like, those are awesome. Those are great examples. This is not teaching, like, as in you only do it this way. Like, you're not, like, it's not that either, right? Where it's, yeah. You're yeah, yes. Yeah, it's not necessarily, so I don't want people to think that every post has to be an instructional post of this is how to do this, but thinking about it just more from the concept, look at me versus learn from me, mm. learn from me, someone is going to benefit from reading your post, watching your video, watching your story in some shape or form. It might motivate them or inspire them, maybe just really inspiring words or hearing your story and there's some sort of lesson at the end that you've communicated that's going to inspire them to just feel better, take action in some shape or form. Mm -hmm. It could be more educational. I do a lot of educational posts. Um, here are three ways to grow your following. Here are some ideas for showing up in stories. So it can be a little bit more how to. And I think that entertainment certainly plays a role in this as well. So and making someone laugh or smile or, you know, oh my God, look at this funny video. It's not necessarily learning something, but there is that benefit to it. So when I say learn from me, once again, it's kind of more of a, a feeling of someone improving or benefiting or, or whatever and being inspired in some shape or form. So that's number one is leaning more into the learn from me content versus just the look at me content. And here's just a quick example for anyone who's unclear. Uh, look at me content would say, hey, I'm in New York City and yummy coffee. This tastes so good. And look, my cute outfit versus, Hey guys, I'm in New York city. I just got this coffee from this cute coffee shop. Here are the five other coffee shops I went to on my trip. Mm -hmm. So next time you come to New York city, here's where you can go. It can be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be this huge concept. So that's number one for engagement. Look at me versus learn from me. If we get a little bit more into nitty gritty, thinking about your captions, 
we have to structure our captions in a way that is going to capture someone's very short attention span. So if you're scrolling through Instagram, there's a million things coming at you. There's stories, there's reels, there's captions and photos. So thinking of the first approximately 150 characters of your caption, which display before the more link, think of that as your hook. Mm -hmm. So if I start a caption about my weekend and say, Hey friends, hope you had a nice weekend. <laughs> this is what I did. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sorry, I'm really laughing because I can see your face too. <laughs> Obviously, I'm, I'm being a little bit dramatic yeah. here with the voice emphasis. But to me, if I saw that, I'm going to be like, why are you saying, hey, like I already see like scroll, scroll, scroll versus something like, oh my gosh, you will never believe what happened this weekend. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's a pretty, like I, I'm not saying that every single no. Uh, hook needs needs to be clickbaity, but just thinking about it a little bit, what would at least pique someone's interest to click on the more button? Mm -hmm. So that's a hook, and and we can talk more about captions. But the last thing that I want to touch on, because um, I could go on about this forever, is getting out the engagement that you hope to receive. So I hear all the time, I'm not getting engagement. No one's commenting. No one likes my posts. And I'm like, well, first of all, I, I sometimes if, for instance, I get a DM and I'll click and I'll be like, actually three people commented on your last post and, and, and 25 people liked it. So that's a little, it's not the best energy to put out in the world and say no one's engaging because mm -hmm. people are. And I'll often look and be like, you're not even responding to those comments and letting people know that you appreciate the time that they took to comment on your thing. So responding back and letting your community know that, that they're appreciated and not just responding back on your post, but are you taking 10 minutes in your morning to mm -hmm. go through your feed and leave meaningful comments on the people that you follow? Are you clicking on the hashtags that you use that are within your niche and checking out new people and giving them support that way? They might not comment back on your stuff. They might, that'd be good, but it's sort of like uh, uh, engagement karma. So are you giving out the engagement that you hope to receive back? I love engagement karma. I love that you said that. I, <laughs> I, where I will get, I'll go check my, my insights on a post and I can see that it's been shared. So I go to view the story reshares and then there'll be a bunch of private ones. And I'm like, cause I want to oh, send yeah. a thank you. Right. Like, and I do, I will go in and say thank you to them for sharing. But then yeah. all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of private ones and I don't know. Who uh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. But even if you can't see them, sharing and saving is one of the highest forms of, of metrics. And so I'll just quickly say that if someone's super bummed out about their likes and their comments, well, if someone has 10 likes and then 10 shares, oh. holy moly, 10, maybe those 10 people who liked it also shared it. That's really, really major. So keeping your eye on things like that is really important because it's not just the outward engagement that matters. It's also those inward pieces of engagement, like shares, like saves as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. You've just given so much to everyone. And that is exactly how I expected the podcast to go. Because when I look at your social media feed, we've never had a conversation before. You are exactly as I would have pictured. Or as oh, I good. Expected, right? Isn't that the best compliment? Somebody yeah, said, that really is. It is. And I'm like, oh, that's the best compliment ever. Like, I hope I'm the same because you don't want to be different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not about 
putting on some sort of show on social media. I mean, of course, we can only show a, a small snippet of our lives, but I would hope that the small snippet that we're showing is just simply us. And that's why I really appreciate that compliment. I think it is such a such a nice compliment to receive <laughs> because I, I would hope that everyone can figure out a way to translate who they truly are and have that just translate directly to social media. Easier said than done. I have been doing this for five years mm-hmm. and I've figured out a way to just make it kind of flow. Um, but that's really what we should all be aiming for. It's not a highlight reel. It's just us. Oh, it's totally just us. And I think that anybody listening, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Like they could just like just learning, um, watching and learning from you, I think is you give so much content and so much information in your post, which I think is fantastic. I think people don't just from clients that I found that I work with, they don't trust themselves. They don't trust them themselves, their voice, their message, their story, whatever that is, or that it's not valuable enough. So they don't trust it. And so then it's like they get on and they go, well, social media is overwhelming to me. And I'm like, well, it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be, but it really at the heart of it comes down to not trusting their own message, their own voice and what they want to convey out there. Yeah. And that's coming back to that mindset issue. And that's, that's why I like to tackle that people, people think that it's these other things. Like, I don't know what to post and hashtags, but if you actually really peel back the layers of what the true issue is, it is not trusting yourself. It is thinking that your story isn't worthy. It is worrying. Oh gosh, what is aunt Jesse going <laughs> to think when I post this or what are these strange? It's always interesting to me to hear when people are afraid of judgment, it's often either the people that they know or they're worried about the people that they don't know. Um, sometimes it's a crossover, but it always boils down to these issues. Um, and, and we all deal with them. So it's not something to just sweep under the rug, but we, we need to be a little bit more upfront about what are, what do, where, where's the source of our social media problems. It really boils down to like more of our, our insecurities. I think uh, it's a hundred percent, isn't it? Everything always comes back to us. Always. It always comes yes. back to us, right? Like it's just, <laughs> that's where it comes back to Well, when I say that you um, definitely show up as yourself online, I, there was something without knowing who you were, I did get to see um, snippets from your wedding. And I just, to me, I love this fact because in the beginning of COVID, there were so many people like this, okay, we're not talking about COVID. We're talking about the inconvenience that it did in the world. I'm not talking about the disease. And as a stipulation there, yes, <laughs> a lot of people are like, this is the worst thing in the world that ever happened. I'm like, okay, but you know what? People have lost their jobs. People have lost their lives. Like you've been inconvenienced. It's, it's two different things. It's, yes. It depends on what you're calling it, what you see it. So I see somebody, so I turned, I turned 50 during COVID and the very beginning and people were like, oh my God, that's terrible. And I'm like, what's terrible? Like, I don't know what. <laughs> Like, I'm like, what happened? That's terrible. Is there things we wish you could have done? My husband organized a drive-by. Like we were at the oh, that's so sweet. week of COVID and we had all these cars coming and I'm like, that's the best birthday I've ever had. Oh, it was I love so, that. They had to, he thought about it, right? Yeah. So that when I saw your stuff and, and, and all the things going to your wedding, I was like, oh my God, I absolutely love that said a lot about your mindset. In my opinion, from somebody who didn't know you. So tell us oh, what yes. happened with your with your wedding. Oh boy! Well, this is a multi-layered <laughs> story. Uh, it's a good one, though. I, I, mm-hmm. I recounted with joy. Um, but my husband and I, Aaron, we decided to get married in March, mm-hmm. and 
everything went wrong. So we, my, uh, my dad was going to, okay, well, just to set the scene, I wanted, we wanted something very simple. I never wanted a big, crazy wedding, spending a ton of money. It just wasn't our thing. And so we decided like simple rehearsal dinner at my mom's apartment in, in Manhattan the night before simple ceremony in central park. We got a permit in this really beautiful gardens area in East kind of the East Harlem area. And then super simple reception at my aunt's house who lived nearby after perfect plan yeah just you know low-key but did not even want a lot to begin with and so my dad was gonna fly in from Vermont Aaron is Australian his parents were gonna fly in just for a few days so that was probably the biggest thing out of Mm -hmm. everything Um, and then COVID hits and restrictions are in place and and things just start crumbling down so my dad um, his health is not the best so it did Mm -hmm. not make sense for him to come so he we made the choice for him to cancel Aaron's parents of course had to cancel with all the travel bans and restrictions happening uh we canceled the rehearsal dinner because not a good idea to have that many people in in one space which also meant we canceled the reception as well so we just had the ceremony now you think okay just the ceremony it's outside things are going to be fine my friends, I think I invited about five, six friends, started dropping like flies for various reasons. Oh, they yeah. had kids and, uh, or, or, you know, a compromised health, all that, all the things that I understood. And then I had a partnership with a dress company, uh, with Beholden who are fabulous. Nothing wrong happened with them, but because of things getting shipped, my dress wasn't going to arrive on time. So I ordered a dress from ASOS. Um, the dress did end up coming in time, but it had a little rip in it. I brought it to a wedding dress place nearby by dropped it off and then like the day I was supposed to pick it up it she was closed and I was like oh my god fortunately I did I did get the dress thank god she came in to open the store for me even though she didn't tell me she was going to get be closed my nails were bright blue and grown out because I could not go to a place to get a manicure um my photographer canceled 24 hours before the mm. wedding our guitarist, because we could not have a speaker where we were in the permit section, um, our guitarist canceled as well. And so everything just went wrong. We even thought, as I was getting my hair and makeup done, fortunately, she did not cancel. Uh, I even thought, oh my God, there's a chance that in our wedding, my wedding's in four hours, that they aren't even going to let us gather for that. So it was up it was to the final moment. Oh my gosh. And I just remember, because all the things come back to me, it was scheduled to rain right during our ceremony. And let me tell you, I was like, okay, it's going to rain. I just need some clear, clear umbrellas to look cute for the photos. We couldn't even get clear umbrellas. (laughs) Like Amazon was like two week delivery for the clear umbrellas. So everything. Okay. Fast forward to the ceremony. Uh, A follower of mine works for ABC and she's like, Jared, can we interview you and come to your wedding and film this? Cause it's just so crazy. I said, yes, come. It's going to be great. So ABC is at my wedding and um, my hair and makeup was done. The dress was fine. I found a wonderful follower of mine, a couple who came to film and shoot last minute. It was like this moment of just alignment that happened. And right as our ceremony started, the freaking sun came out. It was supposed to rain. It was like the only moment that the sun came out all day. Um, A couple of Aaron's friends came. My mom was able to come. My aunt was able to come. So it was super small. We called in my dad who did a reading over a speaker. We called in Aaron's parents who also did a reading. And um, it was, it was beautiful. And we went home to my mom's apartment after just me, my husband and my mom ordered some Thai, had an interview with Good Morning America. And then that was it. (laughs) Just, just an interview with Good Morning America. I knew I was. <laughs>
how that you said that. I do remember seeing that. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of our, our wedding in a nutshell. And it was crazy. It was stressful, but ultimately it was, it was beautiful. And I'm so happy it happened the way it did because it's a, it's a story to tell. For your lifetime. You have a story yes. that you can't, like you just for your lifetime. And I think that that, that if, if you want to go back to one of the first things you said about mindset, that really shows like how you are able to shift that put it in perspective, be real about it. Right. And and that's awesome. That's fantastic. Exactly. Oh, well, I have (laughs) really, really enjoyed spending this time with you and getting to know you and so many valuable tips you gave us where obviously is the best place for people to reach out and connect you. You mentioned Instagram. I don't know how many times. Yes. Instagram for sure. Number one, jara.bean. That is my handle there. I'm the same on TikTok, which we didn't get a chance to chat oh, about, but come, come find me on TikTok. Also jara.bean. You, um, oh gosh, you have, sorry, I have to go back to that for a second. No, so, go for still it. still actively on, you're still actively on TikTok too, right? Oh, very much so. Very I, much. You are, you have found a really unique way of teaching with TikTok. Like I, I have, found, yes. Cause I did go on there and track cause I not on there ever happened. And but you do. And I love how you've done that. Has that made it easier for people to jump into reels on Instagram? Like, do you think that that's a, there's a correlation there? I think if you're active on TikTok, Reels is not this huge deal to you. And it hasn't been for me. And side note, I've actually not made a brand new piece of content for Reels. I'm simply repurposing my TikToks that are under 15 seconds or editing them down to be 15 seconds and then just reposting. So I'm double dipping right now, and uh, which is great, like work smarter, not work harder. And um, I've just... TikTok has been a breath of fresh air for me just in in terms of reinvigorating my passion for social media and and really putting an emphasis on having fun and being weird and creative versus being kind of that highlight reel, which I don't Uh. want Instagram to be. I work against that notion, but it has a much higher tendency to kind of sway towards the highlight reel versus TikTok. It's just like weird and goofy and and random, (laughs) which I very much enjoy. You, you, you exploded your TikTok in a short period of time. I did. I did. So I started, I I opened up my account December, 2019. So coming up on a year ago, but I really didn't take it seriously until February, 2020. And that's when I went super niche. I was like, all right, I'm going to give social media tips. I'm going to give TikTok tips. I'm going to give content and posing inspiration tips. And in, I think one month I grew my account from like 200 followers to 10,000. And then now I just got to like over 720,000. And I'm hoping to hit a million by the end of the year, which is just, that's insane. That is crazy. But like, it's not just the followers that I love. Obviously that's very exciting after, after not really seeing a ton of growth, like a lot of us are on Instagram. Um, but just that it's a different way to express Mm -hmm. myself. And I just, I adore the platform. There's room for every niche. There's room for every age. There's room for people to just be informational. There's room for people to be freaking weird as heck, everything Mm -hmm. in between in a way that one is not necessarily able to be on Instagram. That's a, such a great point to say. I, I've gone through sometimes and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, I couldn't even figure out where to start. But it's such an interesting, it's just been fun to watch. But I like what you do with it and the fact that I think it it gives you space to be yourself, show yourself, and you're still educational and you're still teaching, and but it's completely on point and brand for you. So it yeah. just seems to be a perfect blend. 
Yeah. And, and it's been a fun on that point, a fun platform for me to explore because something that I haven't quite mentioned so far is that on Jarabean, I sort of straddle two lines a little bit. There's Jara, the influencer, the content creator, more lifestyle. And then there's Jara, the social media coach, which is what I've not pivoted because it hasn't been a full pivot, but what I've added onto Mm -hmm. in terms of my repertoire. And so because I do brand deals and sponsorships still, and I, because I'm a coach and have my course and work with clients, I have to play to both sides. And I try, there are moments and I think I, I think I do it pretty well, not to toot my own Mm -hmm. horn, that I blend the two in, in a really great way, but I still straddle that line. And on TikTok, I was able to go a lot more niche then I feel like I'm able to on Instagram and just do social media, content, posing, TikTok tutorials, and to be able to be that pinpointed niche in a way that I'm not able to on Instagram is actually really fun and cool. And, and I teach people to go niche. And so to be able to do that on TikTok, I'm like, ah, this is great. I like this. I like this. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So your social media saloon is a 12 week program that yes. is starting again when you said? Starting the next round is going to begin uh, approximately October 26th. That's my next round. Yeah. And so I'm excited to kick that off. I have my, as I mentioned, you can find me on Jerabeam, but I also have a handle for my course page, which is at the social media saloon. So people can check out things that way. And I'll definitely be continuing the program into 2021 as well. That's awesome. That is so awesome. I love it. I, yeah, I have absolutely enjoyed and loved this chat with you. And I have a couple quick questions if I can ask you. Yes, go for it. What impact do you want to create in the world? Ooh, I don't know if I've ever been asked that question before. Marshall, that's a, that's a challenging one. I think if I just go with kind of my gut feeling. It's what I currently try to do, which is really just giving people permission to be themselves and trust that there's worth in their story. And it's not having to be something that they're not. It's just showing up as themselves, whether that's inspirational, motivational, goofy, weird, unique, it's just owning who you are. So I think I would hope my impact is empowering people to do and to be that. Oh, that's, I love that. Owning who you are. Like I'm all about owning and ownership. I love it. I love it. Last question. What lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh, asking the tough ones here, but the important ones. Um, goodness. Okay. Once again, just going to go with what comes to my mind right away. And I think that it's the lesson would be knowing that it's okay to change to pivot Mm. just because you accomplish something or you reach a level or you are something doesn't mean you have to stay there forever. So it's trusting your gut. Oh goodness. It's time to something doesn't either something doesn't feel right. Or I feel an itch to add on and, and, and try something new and to trust what your intuition, what your gut is telling you just because you achieve something doesn't mean that you can't continue to achieve. It doesn't mean that you can't shift and pivot away from whatever it is that you've already achieved. Mm, love it. When you look back, sometimes you're like, all these things added up, like all these things. Oh, that I yeah. did. Even though you might think I'm completely doing something different. It's like, not really. It's, it, it really did kind of all add up, didn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're all puzzle pieces in some shape or form, even if you can't quite see it in the moment. But like mm-hmm. you said, you look back and you're like, oh, that makes <laughs> a little bit more sense now. <laughs> it does. It does. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for being here today. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. 
Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.